Hi, my name is Jurian Arney, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and host of the Cultivative Conversation podcast. Join me as I engage listeners in conversation about mental health-related topics and use questions designed to assist with exploring things of gratitude, nostalgia, sharing, and learning, to normalize mental hygiene, and to invoke togetherness and intimacy through conversation. I hope to talk to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Your Mess? Mental, Emotional, Social Status of Life. And I am your host, Tracy D. Armstrong, back again with another great episode. We have another special guest with us today. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, my name is Brother Henry. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> So uh, I am one of the co-founders of Kika First Entrepreneurial Academy. We are a one-of-one one in the country. The premise behind Kika First Entrepreneurial Academy is that every student who attends the school is required to start a small business that generates revenue. They're also required to publish a minimum of one book per year. Um, and we're growing rapidly, and it's a really exciting time period. So this is our fifth year, and we're really excited. Uh, outside of that, I'm also a business coach, speaker, author. Uh, and that's what that's me in a nutshell. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Okay. And I know like the first time I met you was um you were speaking and you were speaking on um some of your stories and situations that you've come through because you haven't always been this author, entrepreneur, uh speaker. So tell the audience a little bit about your backstory and some of the messes or one of the messes that you have come through. Absolutely. So about well, 10 years ago now. So this is about this is what you're seeing now is the 10 year product of, of the struggle and overcoming a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties. Um, but I remember uh, and I recall from when I wrote my first book, I talked about the fact that I counted up all the jobs I was hired from from the time about I was married up until this. Well, I'm still married, but from the time I got married up to a certain time point. And I realized I had been fired from about 25 jobs. So uh, it's a challenge when you marry. Because the wife don't want to hear that, right? She do not want to hear that. So I finally ended up getting a job that I liked. Part of the problem was I didn't really work jobs that I liked. So I worked, you know, Walmart stocking shelves or telemarketing or, you know, some factory job. And those didn't last too long. And so I finally got a job that I liked. I was in my zone. It was, I felt like everything I had been practicing in life, all my beliefs, everything was wrapped up and I could do, I was free to be myself. Um, I actually was a police officer under uh, this black police chief named Chief Grady. And I had never seen police and look like this before. Uh, it's just, I've never seen it where people were in love with the police. And the system he set up was completely unlike anything I've ever seen anywhere else in the country before or after. And so it really, what he had set up in his department was really compatible with my personal beliefs. And so I, I loved being there. Well, long story short, uh, the police chief brought about a lot of change. He lowered racism, not, not racism, he lowered racial uh, discrimination. He set up all these systems. And uh, they ended up getting him out of that position. 
you know, illegally because a national thing happened and he ended up winning a lawsuit or whatever, but they didn't want him in that position. Well, when they came for him, they also came for all his supporters. And I was a loyal supporter because he was the one person I felt like gave me a shot in life when nobody else was giving me like a fair shot to, to really be great. And so I was like, hey, if y'all fire him and you come for him, you have to come for me too. Well, they came for me too. <laughs> and so at this point now, no college degree and I'm working this job making $50,000, $60,000 a year. And at that time, I thought like this was the pinnacle of what I could actually do in life because I never had a job making that much money before. So I was like, yo, this is everything. So when I lost that job, it was kind of depressing. Not that, not that the other jobs I lost, you know, with those other jobs I didn't care about, but this job I really liked because of him. And when I lost that job, um, I was like, wow, where am I going to get another job making $60,000? Because, you know, as you, as you go higher up in your jobs, your lifestyle adjusts. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was very hard for my lifestyle to adjust going from $60,000 to anything. And so from that moment, my uh, my wife also um, at the time, uh, at the time she was working as well. And she didn't like what the she didn't like what happened to me. So she didn't want to be there anymore either. And so my wife, um, she was like, listen, I'm leaving and we got to figure it out. So now we both don't have no job. We have a new house. Uh, I'm trying to think if my baby was on the way yet. I'm not sure. It was I don't, I don't know if the baby was. Baby might have came maybe six months later or something like that. But we're in this situation where we have all these responsibilities, and I just didn't have the money to live the lifestyle I wanted. So we went from six figures a year combined to you know Link and Live Heap and just going through all the struggles of just not being financially stable. So lights being cut off water being cut off, gas being cut off, um, to the point where when my daughter was born and she came home, the uh, radiator had broken. I didn't have the money to get it fixed in the basement. And we had, I think, two or three space heaters running the house. And my, I, I should give you, I should note, my daughter was born December 25th in Illinois. So if you know anything about winter in Illinois, it ain't no joke. <laughs> it's wow. freezing out here, right? Uh, so... Uh, go, definitely going through this this difficult time period. Cars cars being repossessed. Um, just a very difficult time period. And at that time period, it got to a certain point where we were so poor that my wife and I used to have to go like to the YMCA and we'd have to sneak in to the Y right before they closed just to take showers because we didn't have any running water at home. So we weren't homeless, but we we might as well have been. We just we just had a fancier box than the other homeless people, right? <laughs> so that was the separator. Um, very difficult time in life. I didn't know what I wanted to be in life, and I was trying to figure it out. And honestly, a lot of what I wanted to do in life just didn't exist yet. It just, the things that I was thought I would be good at, it just didn't exist for me. Um, and so that was, that that time period was extremely difficult, you know, going through cars being repossessed, trying to get bills paid, you know, having to go down to the welfare office and get food stamps and uh, get my, you know, lights get cut off. We got to go down to the light heap office to get your lights cut back on. Um, just very difficult. And then even after that, getting another job and realizing this job don't even pay, you know, this job don't even pay one sixth of what the last job paid. It's very humbling, uh, very difficult time period in our life, but I'm also extremely grateful for it. Extremely grateful. 
Well, I want to go back because you you unpacked a lot right there uh, with a lot of things that were going on. You were married. Did you, you say you were fired from about twenty five jobs? Are you yes. just you just you okay? No, I can count the twenty five jobs. Okay, and then the situation with with the police office. Okay. How did all of that affect you mentally? Like, I can't even imagine, you know, as a young African-American man in America, mentally going through that. How was that affected? Well, you know, mentally, it was tough. One thing that I can say to my credit of just working through it is I had a very strong support system. All right, very strong support system and some good mentors. And the thing was, I had great spiritual mentors, right? I didn't realize at that time period, spiritually, I was very strong. Economically, I was very weak. And that's a bad balance to have where you can have all the knowledge and spiritual information that you want, but if you don't have the economics to balance it out, put yourself in a tough situation. So spiritually, I was very weak. At the same time, all this was happening, and this will give you some context, I was one of the top, I don't want to say activists, I'm not an activist, but I was volunteering in my community, doing community work. I adopted a neighborhood. I was helping people. Even in my struggle, I was known as being the person who helped everybody to get better. All right. So I couldn't help myself, but I was in all of the projects. I was in the worst neighborhoods. I had relationships with the police. I had relationships with the, the D-boys. I had relationships with the young people. I had relationships with the older people. I was uh, a, a resource in the community. And while this was happening, part of the sanity was being able to help other people. I didn't know how. I didn't fully know, you know, the law of attraction or anything like that. But I understood that if I continue to give out, eventually, at some point in time, someday, some good got to come back my way, right? Um, and give you, give, you, give you case in point, during this time period uh, when we bought the house, I knew I, I I was never taught entrepreneurship because it wasn't taught in school. I didn't go to college. I didn't really know much about business, but I always had a business mindset. So one of the things I tried was uh, there was a company Larry Johnson was involved with. And a lot of my spiritual background was involved with called Everlasting Water. So I told my wife, like, hey, listen, everybody drinks water. Let's invest in this business. So we probably bought a few thousand dollars worth of uh, five gallon jugs of water. And the first day when our shipment arrived it was great we sold water at everybody like we made money like it was great but because i didn't know business i didn't calculate that day two i need new customers like my warm market is sold and they have if people just bought four or five five gallons of water they're not coming back to re-up <laughs> no time soon and it never dawned on me like how am i going to move this water I, don't, I just moved to this city i don't know anybody out here like i don't have a, a business model i don't have a business structure i don't understand business and so I attempted, it was a fail, but it taught a lot of lessons in that also. But going through this time period of being fired and having jobs that I like and all that, um, having a strong support system was major. I remember waking up at five in the morning, going across the street to my minister's house. We, I lived at 13, 18, he lived at 13, 17 on the same street. So I literally bought my house so that we could live on the same block on the same street. And I remember going over at 5 a.m. and we'd do some training. He'd do some mental exercises. He would help me with some things as far as job-wise. I would listen to some Tony Robbins. And I was trying to figure this thing out. And other people's belief in me kept me strong mentally when, for the most part, I should have been breaking down. 
right? So that, and then also, you know, um, I, well, my support system was there, but also I knew coming home, like, I got to figure out a way to be a man for my wife. Like, I got to figure it out. Then we had our child. I'm like, I got to figure out a way to be a father for my daughter and a, a man for my wife that's not making excuses, that's responsible, that's accountable, that's figuring things out. I got to figure this thing out. So that's always kept me driven alongside my support system. So in my support system, I keep talking about, so I'm, I'm in the nation of Islam. So I, I had brothers who, but my father wasn't, my father was, I think my parents got divorced when I was six. So my father's, I know my father, we have a relationship. I'm not saying he's bad or anything like that, but I just didn't have him in my life growing up to teach me the, the fatherly lessons. And so being around other men who are successful, let me know that, you know what, I can be something. I just got to figure out what I need to be. Right, that's true. Figuring out what you need to be. And with that, like you say, you were mentally strong. And what about on the emotion side? Because what you just said, and I, it kind of ties in what you just said about having to be that, that man and that husband and that father. So especially like, you know, when your child came, how were you emotionally when it came to like the, the work and the aspects of, you said being accountable and things like that. You know what? So emotionally, it's going to sound bad. So emotionally, part of, just in my opinion, part of what made me, because when I was a youth, I got in a lot of trouble. And I, go, I think I got, I got suspended in school every year from kindergarten to sophomore year, sophomore year of high school. In my junior year of high school, I got expelled, but they had to bring me back because they didn't turn the paperwork in, in, in time. So I'm not saying I was the best behaved child. Um, and so, but but the, the, the parts of society that were designed to break black men, I think is what helped carry me emotionally. Because like my, when, I, when, I, when I first got married, um, I had to learn certain emotions because they just weren't there because of, of how I grew up and the things that I saw, the people I was around and the stuff that we were into. When I first got married and I got into like my first real fight with my wife, she told me, she said, listen, I'm your wife, not your enemy. Like you're treating me like you got beef in the street. Like I'm talking cold shoulder, no conversation. Don't talk to me. You can go in that room. Don't even talk to me. We live in two separate lives in the same house. And so emotionally, I had to learn emotion all over because Outside of like, you know, my direct family, my mother, my brothers, you know, people that I, I, I love, I wasn't that emotional of a person. So um, I had to learn emotion. And it's been, you know, that's been a steady, progressive thing growing up. And so uh, even to this day, a part of that protected me because emotionally I should have been a wreck. Emotionally, I should have been, you know, I should have at some point there should have been a breakdown. But because I was going through this thing, learning emotion, I didn't really feel like I had time to really feel my emotions. You know, I, me and my wife do marriage counseling and, you know, we learn, I, I'm, I learn a lot in marriage counseling and I didn't really have time to process what was happening to me. It was like, put that to the side and keep going and you got to figure it out. Uh, now that I'm a little bit older and I can look back, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Like, this is you know, you should have felt this way at this time, but just the block, like it was just like a blockade of emotions. And so it's definitely not healthy to, you know, block 
those type of emotions, but it helped me get through a time period when everything around me seemed like it was falling and I wasn't sure how to get up. I just didn't have time to really tap into those emotions. You know, I, I, I would get, you know, I was, I was angry to a certain degree when I lost my, the job I actually liked, but there was nothing I could do about it. Um, it was depressing. Like I knew I had those emotions, but I didn't really tap into those emotions because it was like, you got to put that to the side and try to figure it out. And so, I mean, emotions were there, but it wasn't until years later when I actually was able to process and start dealing with like, oh man, you know what? <laughs> this is this is not normal. People are not supposed to live life this way. You know, it's not supposed to be this way. I think emotionally, one of the things that changed my life, I think was the first time I left the country. And I think I went to Mexico the first. I went to um, Riviera Maya and it was so different. Like, see, you could see the stars clear at night. You could see the ocean coming in with the Gulf of Mexico. There were no police sirens at night. I went to, you know, we stayed at an all-inclusive. I went to, like, the, uh, the breakfast bar and asked for, like, oatmeal. And I remember the chef being like, okay, we'll make it for you. And I was like, just give me the pack. I'll warm it up in the microwave. And he's like, oatmeal is not instant. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> right? Like these small things play major parts. You start realizing oatmeal is not instant. But when you grow up in poverty, when you grow up that way, I didn't even realize it. Then I remember another experience at that same time. I had like an apple or an orange or some piece of fruit. And I was like, why does this taste so funny? And they're like, oh, you probably never had real fruit before. Like the fruit in America is gas with ethanol and they, they rush it to the market. But most of the time we're not even eating real fresh fruit. We're eating something that looks like fruit, but it's not real fruit. And so emotionally, I started realizing there's an entire world out there that I know nothing about. And it made me reflect. And I, you know, I, it made me emotional because I'm like, there's a whole world. Um, another thing happened on that same vacation. They had signs up that said, please feed the animals. And the raccoons down there are not like the raccoons here. You know, the raccoons are smart. They would come up to the table and ask. Um, we had a thing at night where we heard a knock on the door and you open the door, the raccoons are outside the door, you give them some food, and they all go scatter away. But they're like friendly raccoons. And that that experience in and of itself, it may not be a lot to a lot of people, but to me, I was like, wait a second, there's a world out here and a life that I'm missing and I'm not living. And because of how I came up, that emotion, it made me feel some sort of way. Like it made me, it put in me a drive and a desire to be greater, to be more, and to really touch the emotion, let my emotions touch me in a way that drove me to want to find something better, so. That's, that's so true. Like once you are actually exposed to things that you normally aren't exposed to, it does change. It changes your way of thinking. It changes your way of like just looking at life in general. And when people aren't exposed and when people just stay in their one way of living and they never see other places, like I tell my students that all the time, I want to get you out of the east side of Houston and take you just to the west side so you can see <laughs> that it's different. Like people actually live better. And that is so true. And what you said also about like you didn't have time really to be emotional. And I know I've heard me a lot of men say this. A lot of times women are more emotional. And but you're like, I have time to really tap into those emotions. I, I gotta grind. I gotta get out here and, and get it. I ain't got time to be depressed and sad but and with all of that like I, I'm hearing you 
And socially, it sounds like, like to me, it sounds like you are involved and you're, you have a social life and you're doing things in the community. Like, did your social uh, life get affected at all by the, the lack of the income and the lack of the economics? You know what? Socially, I think volunteering and like adopting neighborhoods and all like you could always find me if I wasn't home because I didn't have a job. I had plenty of time to volunteer and, you know, jobs didn't really fulfill me, but helping people really fulfilled me. It really made me feel like that's when I would tap into the emotion is helping people. And I'm like, man, you know what? There's something about helping people and loving my people and being here and having something to offer really made me feel inside like some type of fulfillment that I wasn't getting at the job and I didn't have a path in life really outside of what I was doing. So it was like that for me, it was like that was the thing. I'm going to tell you what happened socially. So two things. Number one, socially, nobody that I was helping knew the type of struggle I was going through, right? Like at a certain point, I, had, I, I'm, I got my Mercedes Benz. I'm wearing a suit every day. You know, I got my briefcase. So I actually look successful. And that's just it. I look successful. <laughs> but outside of that, if we're talking about how could you be successful if your home life is in shambles? And my wife, um, you know, kudos to her because, you know, she stood down through all of it. And, you know, she, you know, was always the rock for me. But looking back, I'm like, man, how you put up with this? It's crazy. This is, I don't know if I could go through there and put up with that. That's standard is, is, is crazy. Um, but socially, people just didn't know, right? because I looked a certain part, I was involved. You always saw me, you know, I'd be interviewed. You might see me in a newspaper, magazine or whatever. So people saw one thing, but the reality that we were facing was completely different. So there was that. And then socially, I don't remember who said it to me, but I was having a conversation and with all the volunteer work I did, I mean, I went door to door in the projects. I knew neighborhoods where I knew everybody face to face. I knew people's problems, I knew people's children. I developed programs within the community to help young people out. I've always, I've always been able to develop programs to help young people out. I had developed a program in the projects that got so popular that I would arrive sometimes and there would be lines of children wrapped around the block to come to the program. So I've always had that ability to tap into that. If somebody says something to me that really put everything in perspective socially, they said, um, when you volunteer and you give the way you give, they're like, that's great. But if you don't have the money, like you can't help the poor if you're one of them. And if you don't have money to actually help pe change people's reality, you have time and time is good. But time absent of money doesn't give you the results that people actually need to really change their life. And I said, what do you mean? So they said, think about you and Will Smith. They said, you go to Flint, Michigan. You want to help people with the water crisis in Flint. You can go door to door. You can talk to them. You can pass out pamphlets about lead in the water, you can educate them, you can, you can do all these things. Will Smith doesn't even have to come to Flint. He just puts up a million dollars, has you know 50 Mack trucks filled up with, with fresh water arrive at Flint, and he's going to be more impactful with his money than you are with your time, absent of money, because the money allows him to actually tap into what people need. And I was like, dang. When I looked at that, I was like, all right. That means I got to figure out how to get some money. <laughs> like that, that means now, now I'm seeing the fuller picture. And it was one of those things that it had to, circumstances had to unravel for me to be able to see. Um, because at that time I was so 
narrow-minded and focused on like, you know what, I'm going to help people in this way I know how to help people. And that had to unfold for me to see like, you know what, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. Like I can't be as impactful as I want to be because I don't have access to the resources to help people that, with the resources they need. Okay, I'm, I'm very limited in what I can do. You know, I can give my time all day long, but and even though time may be more valuable personally to people than money, money has an, a greater value because the money can be there to work while you're not able to work. The money can get things and put things in position. And so I had to learn about money. I just I didn't know anything about money as far as financial literacy or just not even financial literacy. Just I didn't have a clue how important it was to have money to go along with the impact. But once you have money and impact, now you can make some major moves and you can affect lives. Um, so socially, those two dynamics were playing that, you know, it was bringing me fulfillment, but also I realized that it's at, a, at, the, at a point when this was all happening, I realized like, man, you know what? I got to figure this thing out. And it's interesting you ask that question because while volunteering and while being in the community, I think I might have been on security for my minister at an event. I met this brother and the brother was like, um, hey, I make products at my office. And I was like, what kind of products you make? And he told me, he's like, come down to the office. I'll get you some free products and I'll show you what I do. And from volunteering and being in the community, and this is the law of attraction now, right? I met this person who started me on my journey to entrepreneurship. He brought me to his office. He showed me what he did. I was so impressed. I was like, let me bring my wife. The next time I came and got my wife, we both went. And from there, we saw what he was doing. We was like, you know, we could create our own product. We started our product line right there on the spot. And that was the beginning of our entrepreneurial journey that completely changed our life. So um, here we are like five or six years later and completely different from that time. Maybe no, it's longer than that, <laughs> but uh, completely, maybe seven, maybe seven or eight years later now. But that time period of meeting him, came about while volunteering, while helping other people. So I knew that it was going to come. I knew one day I would get paid back for doing good. I just didn't know in which form it would come in. So, Wow, that's good. That's what I was just about to go there and ask you as far as like you were saying, the law of attraction, how you were giving back and how you were socially involved and, you know, working with the programs. I want to ask this question. So how long were you, because I was going to ask Nesca about your status of life, but how long were you all in that particular situation where your status of life was living in that, and living in that way before you all, before you met this brother that helped you on your entrepreneurial path? And then we'll go and talk about that because it kind of all stems together. But I'm just wondering how long did, you know, like you were saying, she was putting up with, you know, she was with you. Y'all were riding, you know, riding together through all of this. You about three years, two, three years or less? Uh, probably about probably about two years, two, two, two and a half years, something like that. And it was it, it actually it's not as long as it seemed. The days were just longer because we didn't have nothing. Right. It wasn't as long as it seemed. Um, so maybe maybe it, it actually when I lost the job, it didn't really, the spiral down began, but you know, you lost a job. I got unemployment. I was fired. I was illegally fired. So I got like unemployment. I went in unemployment office, whatever. So still had unemployment checks coming in for a few thousand dollars. So we were still comfortable, but we could, I could already see it. And my wife used to say stuff like, you need to start preparing now because that money going to run out. 
when that money runs out, what are we going to do? When that money gone, what's next? When that money's not there. And I'm like, hey, I'm still making more money on unemployment than I was making working any job. So I'm like, you know, I'm focused and I'm still volunteering, helping people, doing the same stuff I was doing before. And the actual, that, that spiral began. Um, but when my money ran out, when, 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 when the money ran out from that time period, you know, it wasn't even as long. That six months may be part of that two year time period. So you had six months and then we still had other, like, you know, I cashed out my 401k, she cashed out hers. So it when it really got bad and was like, you know, we ain't got no power. Nah, that might have lasted for maybe a year, year and a half, you know, and while it was happening and, and here's the thing, meeting that brother, it's not like I met him. We learned about the products and then life changed and got better. But the one thing actually that in this time period, in the time flow, what happened, my wife put me on to something that I fell in love with as far as um, work. Because I had always, you know, I told you I got fired from 25 jobs. I just, McDonald's wasn't, I never, okay, I never worked fast food, but like Walmart wasn't it, Lowe's wasn't it, telemarketing wasn't it, like security, none of that stuff was really working out for me. So, um, but my wife was like, hey, listen, you're an athlete. I'm an athlete. My wife was like a D1 All-American college basketball player, full-ride scholarship, all that. So probably more athletic. But she's like, you athlete, I'm an athlete. She got introduced to something. She's like, hey, maybe, you know, we can get paid to referees on sports games. And I was like, uh, maybe I don't know. But what I found out was, as a referee, I could set my own schedule. I could negotiate contracts. I could work when I wanted to work. I had free time when I wanted it. And so... Once I got into it, so I was like, okay, we started off refereeing basketball. Then we went from basketball, baseball, softball. Then we did football. We did volleyball. So literally, I began refereeing year-round. And so part of that, even part of that two-year slope was the come up, coming back up. Because the comeback up was, I was like, wait a second. This feels different. Like emotionally and socially, mentally, it feels different. I'm making my own schedule, working when I want to work. At one point, I wanted to take my wife on vacation. It was like a June, so maybe by year in year two, I refereed baseball games almost every day in June. I did tournaments. I did all kind of stuff. I probably made somewhere between around eight thousand dollars that June refereeing. And I'm like, hey, we going on vacation, and the feeling I got of being my own boss. It's not like I had a boss to report to. You everything. I mean, you have organizations and stuff that you get assigned games through, but I, other than that, I set my schedule. I move how I want to move. I'm in the places I want. I never had to miss my daughter's stuff at school. I could be there for my family and I could work when I wanted to work. It was, it was, it was difficult. It was tough. You know, you got to do baseball games and it's hot and it's hundred degrees or you're doing baseball games and it's freezing outside. The game should be canceled, but you're still doing it. Or we did days where we did like 12 basketball games back to back to back and your legs are dead and you're doing tournaments over the weekend. Like it was tough, but the feeling of being my own boss was, was greater than that time period. So maybe over two, two and a half years, maybe like 2013, 2014 to about 2016. And then on the come up back up because our the product that, the crazy part is the guy that I'm telling you about that introduced us to making our own product, he ended up burning us, right? Which is, a, I, didn't, I didn't put that in my mess story. It's a whole other story, but that was my first time feeling betrayal and being backstabbed by somebody that I thought had my best intentions in, 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 at heart. And it, but it was part of the entrepreneurial journey I needed to learn to grow. So by the time it happened to me on the stage where I'm at now, I'm like, that's small change and we keep it pushing because it already happened before. Um, but that that time period, when I got that product and we started refereeing during that time period was the other the other swing um, on that two, two and a half year time period when I start to see the light again. 
Like, oh, it's not all darkness. It's not all bad. It's not all doom and gloom. There's a way if you if you want to dig in. So. And oh, I'm not gonna go into that story and that mess. But that's crazy. That that was like you got burned by that guy. That was actually the one who kind of opened your eyes to see the entrepreneurial aspect. So after all of this, and like you said, y'all started to to have your come up. What did y'all do and how did you get out of it? You gave an overall of like all the little things that you did, but like what really was it that got you to from there to kind of where you are now? Consistency. So one thing we knew is um, me and my wife, we knew that we had to, um, we had to find a way. Right? And we knew it didn't matter who burnt us because we got the guy who, who helped us, he burnt us. Actually, we actually secured a deal with eight Walmarts and he burnt us at the deal table. So we was like heated, like, oh, in my mind, I was like, this is it. We're gonna be in Walmart, we're going regional, we're gonna about to go national, we're gonna have this product, we about to be. That didn't happen, so I'm like, okay. Found another guy who said he's gonna be an investor, but we found out he really didn't have money. He couldn't really be an investor, he was friend. So that happened. We got to a certain point, me and my wife, where we we're like, you know what? The problem is we keep depending on other people to do for us what we can do for ourselves. We're just going to do everything ourselves and not depend on other people. And the moment we took that attitude, we got an investor who, a family member, uh, we got an angel investor to, well, I shouldn't say angel investor, somewhat of an angel investor, a silent partner. And we took our, we were able to take our product from just having a product line to now being a full-fledged beauty supply store. And from having a beauty supply store, six months after we started the beauty supply store, we started the school. And then, of course, the school, this is year five, so that takes you right up into the modern day with the school. And the thing is, we, the beauty supply store, at a certain spot, at a certain point, we were like, we don't want to do this anymore because we weren't passionate about it. It was just the way forward to figure it out. And so, but we want the school. We like the school is the thing that's going to get, allow us to impact lives, that's going to allow us to feel free, that's going to allow us to feel fulfilled. The school is the thing for us that's going to take us to the next level. The school is how we'll make seven figures. The school is how we'll make eight figures. The school is how we'll make nine figures. The school is everything. And so um, all of these different things that happened, each one was just built on top of each other. So to, so I'm bringing this full circle to right now. Um, so now our students that are in our school, they're now, we're teaching them manufacturing and we're teaching them distribution and marketing through the products that we started with. So the same products that brought us into the game have now come full circle. And it's what we give all of our children as a base for entrepreneurship to go out and learn entrepreneurship on another level. So it's full circle. It's just full circle. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it feels wonderful. I bet. <laughs> Especially like if, <laughs> as you're I like as you're talking and you're like thinking back on like what you went through and what you came through and like how you all maneuver to, to get out. And like you said, consistency. It sounds like you were just consistent at, I'm going to get out of this. We're going to get through this and just keep grinding. Like, what is it now if someone was interested in supporting you or helping you continue on this journey that you're on? Is there anything that you'd like to leave with the audience as they're listening? Absolutely. So very interesting thing, because I'm the first one of my friends with this. Uh, there's actually a, a company of Chicago filmmakers 
are some filmmakers in Chicago that are shooting a documentary on our school. And so I would tell everybody, definitely check this documentary out when it comes out, because this documentary is going to be amazing. And uh, I just never in my life dreamed I could build something that people would actually want to have a documentary about the actual process and what's happening. Um, so check that documentary out. I'm going to break this on your podcast. We haven't told anybody this publicly, but I think this is a great place to start. So June 7th, 8th, and 9th of this year, we're figuring, we figured out how to really give back to the community. So we're going to have, I should say, every year at the end of every school year around graduation, when our high school and middle school students graduate, we have a gala. And the gala is like an awards banquet. It's a ceremony. You know, they come dance, have fun, food, all that. So it's gotten bigger every year. At the end of last year, we had uh, Marquel Russell. Well, the first year we had Antonio T. Smith Jr. come out. He spoke. He's our keynote. Last year, we had Marquel Russell come out and speak. Um, this year, we're like, all right, how can we make it bigger? We packed the house last year. The venue was correct. Like, it was everything you would want happened. So we're like, all right, it keeps growing. So this year, uh, we turned the gala into actually a three-day conference. And so it's going to be a three-day conference um, for children 21 and under inch adults 21 and over in this conference we're going to do what's never been done in the country before so every child who comes to this conference in line with our school the same way every child who comes to our school has to start a small business every child who comes to this conference will leave with the business in hand right um on top of that i've got some I've, i called out all of my top tier high level successful multi-millionaire friends who have something in some way like they either got to be speakers they got to give I'm working right now to secure um, somebody we work with named Elliot Eddy. He has the top educational STEM program in the country, I want to say two or three years in a row. He's been in like Black Enterprise. He's been in Forbes. He's been in, he's all over the place and everything. He has this thing called the Entrepreneur Game. And he uh, allowed my school to help him beta test it. So we're going to bring that for all the young people and allow them to have an Entrepreneur Game tournament. Um, alongside everybody getting their business, alongside the TikTok challenge. Like, it, this thing is about to be phenomenal. Never been done before. Um, I got Antonio T. Smith Jr. already locked in. We have uh, Marquel Russell, of course, because we're opening a school in Atlanta. Um, and then uh, we have uh, just a gang of people that are all, like, just people that have chipped in at some point, some type of way. So this thing is going to be the first of its kind in the country. Uh, we want to take it to Atlanta and Houston. It's going to be phenomenal. And then we'll cap it off with the gala. Um, we got some big name people coming out to that. So this is like this is like the thing that if people want to be involved, this is where you want to be involved at. So anybody who wants to be involved, we have a program called Adopt a Student. They can adopt a student. Um, an adopted student means they can get a partial scholarship. They can get a full scholarship. Um, we ask people to become monthly donors. They donate monthly. And... You know, of course, there's all kinds of incentives. If you become a monthly donor, you can adopt a student, but you can help students. You can follow their business, follow their trajectory, follow their grades, follow their books, follow all the things that they're doing. So there's a lot people can get involved with right now. Um, and they just got to they just got to tap in. They just got to tap in. There's a lot they can get involved with right now. That just sounds so amazing. As an educator, I'm like, man, first of all, I just want to congratulate you on the school and the academy and everything that you're doing with those students, the fact of them having to have a book, have to have a business, and then just them going at their own pace. Like, 
I remember meeting some of the students at one of the events here in Houston, and they were saying how, you know, they're in higher grades than what they would have been. And I just, I just think that the, the, the entire concept is phenomenal. And the, the, the event for June, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm, I'm waiting for you to bring one to Houston still. Okay, but I will go to Atlanta too. Okay, so I do travel. <laughs> but as we wrap up, first, let me again, let me thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for sharing your story uh, with the audience. And, and as we close, are there any last words of encouragement or advice that you would leave with someone who may be going through some of the same situations that you've gone through? Absolutely. So I'll say two things, two things. So number one, the first is for my married couples, right? Um, Napoleon Hill, author of Think and Grow Rich, said that the strongest mastermind alliance that can exist is between husband and wife. Uh, Napoleon Hill said the husband-wife mastermind, together, the two of you can accomplish in one year more than you would be able to accomplish if you were alone in seven years. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, this makes sense, right? Especially if you're talking about just the basics of making a million dollars a year. Well, typically it takes between three to five years to become a millionaire in your business at a, at the, within the fifth year, typically is what it takes. But if you can, if you can, well, I'm sorry, let me correct that. Not within your fifth year, within your 21st year, right? So if you can cut down 21 years into three years, that's a great blueprint. But you may say, well, I'm not married. What about me? Whatever. Then I would also remind people that the solution to all business problems that, especially in the African-American community that we don't necessarily practice is that, that every other community practices is called mergers and acquisitions. Or for us, because we don't necessarily have the finances, it's called strategic partnerships. And my success can be attributed not because I know something, not because I'm great, not because I'm the smartest person in the room. None of those things are true. My success is attributed to strategic partnerships, partnering with people and giving ownership. I would rather be a 30% owner of a million dollars than a hundred percent owner of nothing, right? And the moment we begin to think like that and we start to realize that we need to form strategic partnerships in our community and that's how you grow businesses. Um, the book that I'm writing right now, that's what I'm studying. But literally if we as a community and put our egos to the side and put our self-hatred to the side and put these negative aspects we feel about ourselves and our people to the side and realize we're stronger together than we are apart then we can start making successful people, businesses, companies all over the place. So that's my advice is whatever business you in, find five or six other like-minded people just like yourself, pull your resources together and grow together. It'd be a much easier journey and a much more successful and a much more lucrative journey than trying to do it by yourself. Facts, 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 all facts. And, and if people did work, I like the way you said strategic, partnerships because that is how you grow no one grows as exponentially on their own as when they partner with people strategically and as we wrap up this episode thank you again brother henry for your time for your message and 
I always like to leave with this quote. And I was just saying on another on another interview, I'm like, I need to find out who wrote this quote because I always use it at the end of my episodes. I need to give credit to where credit is due. But I always like to tell everyone, if you want to be sad, keep thinking about the past. But if you and if you want to be anxious or worried, keep thinking about the future. But if you want to be happy, focus on the present day and be grateful for the things that you have. Again, this is Tracy D. Armstrong with What's Your Mess. Have a good one, everyone. Hey everyone and welcome back to my podcast. Um, it has gone to break. I'm sorry. It's just I'm trying to use the mic, the, the mic that I have. But anyhow, um, let's get started. So today's episode is all about what kind of changes is um, coming for me and what am I doing to change things in my life and why. Um, I, I need to make a lot of changes and I mean a lot of changes because if I don't, I'm just going to keep going on the same path I'm always going on where I just say I'm going to do something and I don't do it. So um, I have decided to take about about it. It's like, who gives a crap? I'm going to do it. And I don't care what anybody has to say. So these are the changes I have to make. I am now making myself a routine. And the routine that I'm making is actually um, a routine that I started where I'm writing down the routine that I want to do during the day. And I did, I did a short for it, um, showing people what I'm supposed to be doing. Today, I'm spo- I made, I had to call the doctor's office, which I did because I missed the doctor's appointment with my daughter. Um, I was supposed to um, go to, you know, I was supposed to work out, but I didn't work out today, which um, I could still do some yoga before I go to bed, which I'm going to. Um, I'm supposed to have a shower today. I'm supposed to be making dinner. Dinner's on right now. And, um, yeah, like things like that, like, uh, important things I have to do, I'm actually doing it. Um, I'm putting it down on a routine and, and everything like that. Um, like I'll, I'll put the TikTok, the, the, the short that I did right here so you can see it I'll, or I'll put it right here. Um, but yeah, like that's what I am doing. I'm even um, trying to make a schedule of what kind of workouts to do. I'm going to keep track of it. Like today I didn't do any workouts, like today squats or I didn't do resistant bands or any of that stuff. So tomorrow I'll do something different. But I actually printed off three weeks worth of stuff. So I have three weeks to do it and get it under control. The other thing that I'm doing is I'm actually um, making a budget now. So what I'm doing for my budget is I'm using my two incomes that I have coming in for the month, which is, I'm sorry for saying this is fixed income, so if you guys know what I'm talking about, um, if you're in Canada. Um, so I'm using those two incomes, my child tax and my USP, and I'm making uh, a budget for it. And that is the budget I have to follow. So I have a budget where I have to pay my rent, I have to pay my car payment, I have to make a payment towards my car insurance and everything like that. So I, I have to follow that budget for this month and then next month I'll do another budget. I even did a video on it. So I linked my YouTube channel down below um, on my podcast on this episode. Um, go check out my YouTube channel. You can find everything there. I do have a book channel where I talk about books and reviews and um, what book I'm reading now. I'm reading a 
this because it is February. Um, and that, and I have been reading the 101 essays. That's the other thing. I'm going to be reading a lot of, um, self-help books this, this, um, next couple months to help me through my mental health, but at the same time, actually help me, um, motivate myself to do all this and everything like that. So if I can motivate myself and read a book to help me motivate myself to do the workout, to do, get up in the morning at six o'clock. Get the kids off of school. Get the lunches made. You know, clean the house, um, clean my room, make my bed, things like that. That is the kind of stuff that I want to make changes in my life to make myself feel better and feel like I'm accomplishing something. The other thing I want to do is I actually want to start finding a place to live. That's one of the changes that is going to come in my life this year, and I'm going to make sure of it, and I'm going to manifest it, and I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to keep praying and say, hey, I need my own place. Because right now I live with my parents okay and that is the thing like just getting my own place is the main thing this year but at the same time the other thing is is that i'm trying to get my sister who is um, a book channel youtuber she's a youtuber herself she does a lot of things on books um a little library i'm trying to get her to start a podcast because she loves books she loves to read and she's always has loved to read and i'm hoping maybe we can do a collaboration or something on our podcasts about things but we'll, we'll see what happens right we'll, we'll see we'll see what we can do but that's that's the thing like that comes with time that comes with change the other thing i want to change is um going to bed on time like going to bed at a good time like going to bed at, at eight o'clock at night and then waking up at six o'clock having a good eight hours sleep will help me um function every day just to be able to do things that is the major thing that I want to do, is just make a lot of a lot of changes in my life, making that would be good for me, getting out of the habits that I'm used to, getting out of the habits that I know that I shouldn't be in, and I know I shouldn't have, but those habits are gonna uh, disappear in time, like me vlogging. That was supposed to happen today to put up a video because I fixed my um. I fixed my um, banner for my YouTube channel, right? And it, it says Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'll be putting videos up on that channel. But I have a fitness channel, and, I have to fi and I'm going to be working on that on Kavanaugh is where I will be, work, be doing the, the, the um, fitness thing. I'll be doing the um, banner on my um, YouTube channel for that. So I'll be working on that tonight, and um, I'm hoping... Like, I'm not going to go all out like I used to. Like, I used to think, oh, well, these people have this. This YouTuber has that. Need this no, no, that's not the way I'm doing it. I'm just going to do it simple and normal and the way I like it. I'm not going to do what I think that people want to see on my channel. No, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's the one thing that I need to change in my attitude and in my head. It's like, um, don't do what this person's doing. Do what you want to do. Don't follow this person because this person's doing it. It's working for them, but this could work for you or this could work for you. You know what I mean? Like, I have to figure that out, I, and it's going to take time, like I said, I'm going to keep saying it, but making a routine, getting on a routine, um, and getting on a budget, and just managing my money right, and then doing my fitness goals, and my, my habits, and, and writing it all down, and even writing in my journal, I want to do that, I want to be able to do all that stuff, but the reason I want to do this is because of the fact that I have made wrong 
choices in the last six years of doing YouTube. And I thought I was making right choices for my channels. And I haven't been. So I do a lot of shorts too. I do a lot of TikToks. I do a lot of that stuff. But I even have an Instagram where I put up self-help stuff from the TikToks, the other people's TikToks that they put. And I think that the fact that, and I even do it on Facebook. And the f fact that I do that is helping me understand what I need to do and not to listen to other people and not to listen to the people around me, right? But yeah. But that's the thing, right? You gotta make these changes or to function and to be able to get somewhere in life. So if I wanna do something, I'm gonna do it. And if I don't care what that person has to say. Like just recently I put uh, a short up about my nails. I got my nails done last week. And somebody made a comment saying, dumb, dumb, ugly video, YouTube video, whatever it is. And that didn't, I just deleted that comment because I was like, going, I don't care what you have to say. I like my nails. They look good on me. I feel comfortable with them. And it takes a lot for me to do something. So that's the other thing I'm going to change. Is coming out of my comfort place and just doing it. Just do it and not let anybody stop you otherwise. The other thing is, is I did, uh, what is it? I recorded myself, I, I didn't record myself, but I recorded myself, um, like, doing, um, frick, what is it called? Um, I, I wrote up my to-do list yesterday, and I actually put it all out, and then I did a short for it, and the guy made a comment, I'll show you, the guy made a comment on this, like, okay, that's how I write, you got a problem with it, don't make a comment on it, I don't have to put A and B at all. I just put the at sign and there we go. To-do list at routine at scheduling. I did that because I couldn't put it right next to each other and I didn't want to waste any paper because paper is expensive. Let me tell you that. I went and bought paper one day and it cost me $47 just for paper for my printer. Ink's even expensive. It's, it's going to take us. That's not the point. The point is, is, is a lot of things are going to be changing in my life in the next 12, 11 months of this year. And I'm hoping that by December, those changes that I make are good for me and good for my children, but plus are good for me because of, of my habits that I have. That is the one thing that I want to change is my habits, my bad habits that I have. I have the habit of, um, you know, eating too much junk food, drinking too much um, bubbly, which I do. And I'm trying to take myself off pop, but I'm having difficulties doing that. So sometimes I need a pop, but sometimes it, like when I had COVID over the summer, it tasted more like watery, like it was watered down and everything. But yeah, but the point is this, is that, sorry about that. That's my niece in the background. I live with my family. She's 99. But the sad thing is, is that if you want to change your habits, you can do it. Don't let anybody stop you. I want to start going back to the gym. I want to start working out. And those are the habits that I want to get into. Right now, I'm not into those habits. Right now, I sit on my bed, I watch TV, I go on my phone, I do all that. I'm even getting a lock thing from my phone here to go into. So when I have to do something like this, or I have to do a video or a book video, or if I have to read a book, I can put it in a lockbox for, let's say, an hour or an hour and a half and be able to do that stuff okay be able to do that stuff and not have to go back on my phone and be able to be distracted by it and i've seen you 
YouTubers use those boxes to clean their houses, to do what they need to do because they're on their phone constantly. They'll go on TikTok like I do. I'm not saying anything's against it. I go on TikTok and I just swipe up and I keep swiping up and I keep swiping up and I like and I follow and things like that on TikTok. I even do it on YouTube. I watch a lot of shorts and like, follow, subscribe. That's what I do. And I have to get out of that. Like, I'm not going to get, I, I like to follow and subscribe to people, but I have to get to the point to where I do what I need to do to get it done. I've ordered a lot of things off of Etsy that has to do with PD files to all of that to help me with stuff. And like I showed you there, my routine thing and my to-do list and getting on a schedule and everything like that. That is actually something I, I printed off from Etsy. I bought it from Etsy and it actually has, I used it last year for a bit and it was helping me to get things done and remind me that I have to do some stuff. The other things too, the budget, all of it, <coughs> Sorry. Um, all of it, I had, you know, I got it from Etsy and I bought it for like maybe three to four bucks and I even bought an ADHD because I have ADHD and I, and you, you guys probably know that who's been listening to me. Um, I even bought an ADHD journal and to help me with some stuff like making my bed, you know, brushing my teeth, you know, just to remind me to do certain things because I get into the habit where I just don't want to do it. And then there's the, um, the one is scheduling. The one is, the other one is scheduling. Um, yeah. So yeah, like that's pretty much it. But that's the thing, right? You got to be able to do it. And the other one is making appointments and everything. I forgot about a doctor's appointment today, guys. And it was for my daughter and me. And my daughter got mad at me because it was at 9.30 in the morning. And I forgot to write it down. And I don't know if there's any parents listening to this. But I, I don't know if you guys do exactly the same thing. But you guys forget to write things down. And you forget that there's appointments and everything like that. And you feel like crap after. I felt really like crap because she needed to see the doctor. But I rebooked it for the 27th at 2.30 and I feel so bad because she wants to see the doctor because her mental health is off, um, her anxiety is like this, like going up and down and that's so like I'm just, I gotta get her to the doctor, I gotta get myself to the doctor too, but um, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's just so much and it's like going, it's like with doing my podcast. I want to do more episodes on my podcast, get it noticed, and everything like that. I want to get out there and just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it. And that's all to it. But like I said, just by talking about it, just by getting into those habits and making those changes in my life is going to be an amazing benefit for me, but it's going to be an amazing benefit for my children and my, my family and everything. And probably I'll see a difference in myself. Like this summer, I want to go do a lot of trails because I have a series on my YouTube channel, my main channel, Discos, and I um, go and do trails. And I I have one more to do where we were, and um, we're going to do that probably in March or April because I don't know what the weather's going to be like because sometimes we have some types of weathers in Canada that's not good and that is good. Um, we have times where we're, like, I live in the country and we're, like, um, stuck at home because we are, we can't get out or it's too cold or the roads are too bad. So it, it's kind of hard for us to judge it. In, in March, we usually get an ice storm for the last winter. 
when we get that, we have to um, be careful because like that ice storm, I drove in, in it before, like three years, six years ago, I drove in it from London to home when I was living in Stratford and it was awful. And I mean awful guys, like I had to drive on the side of the road to be able to get home because that's how bad the roads were. And it, like I will never do it again. My car stays parked and that's all to it. And I don't drive when that ice storm comes around. But I don't know if we're gonna get it this year. Like we've had some really bad winter weather lately and um, we've been having cold fronts and all of that stuff. So I don't know what we're doing. Um, if the groundhog saw his, I don't follow that, but if the groundhog saw his little um, shadow, then we're gonna not have an extra six weeks of snow. But if he didn't, we will, but no matter what, we always, and that's the thing that nobody understands here. We always have six weeks of extra snow, even though the groundhog has seen his shadow and we always do. And that's coming from somebody in Canada. I don't know about what other Canadians think, but that's what I think. Like, we, we go through it, you know? But like I was saying, like, when the summer comes, pulling out the shorts, pulling out the swimsuits, going to the beach, jumping out of my comfort place. I have two-piece swimsuits. I have, I have it all. And I'm actually going to be doing a swimsuit haul on my one channel, on this channel. And, um, and I'm going to try them on and I'm going to come out of my comfort place and I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I don't care what people think of me. I do, but I don't care what other people think of me because this is my life, not theirs. But... I have to figure out what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it and just do it. If I come back on this week and do another episode of a podcast, I'll come back on and do another episode of this podcast. If you're listening to me, thank you for listening to me. Thank you for giving me this chance. Thank you for downloading it. Thank you for coming and listening to me rant and rave about my struggles of losing weight, of my struggles with my mental health, with, with all of it, with talking about my ADHD, all of it. Like, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to tell you how I'm doing and how life is affecting me in everyday life. I'm, I'm trying to lose the weight and struggling with gaining it, then losing it, then gaining it, then losing it. Thank you so much for listening to me. But the truth is this, is that I know I have to get my life on track. I know I have to get my life back to normal. And it's going to take a while. Because you know, our lives were all turned upside down in 2020 when we all had to be safe, kept home with our families and everything like that. I understand. I totally do. But as for, you know, the losing of the weight, going back to the gym, I, I was going to the gym there for a bit, but then I stopped. But I want to go back. And I have to get that habit in where I go at, say, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning going to the gym, starting my day at that time, coming home, sending the kids off to school. Then go and do yoga, do a yoga class, do this, do that. I need to get into that habit and it's going to take a while. And I'm going to keep talking about it on this podcast about my habits and how I'm dealing with them. But dealing with losing weight, I'm, I'm struggling. Like I, I go up and down from 252. I'm not 251 and I'm sticking at 251. And it's irritating to no end that. I'm sticking it, and I know that I have to get to love my body, but I have a problem with that. I can't, lo I don't love my body, I don't like my body, I have body, more, um, body problems, 
I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I look in a pair of jeans. I don't like the way I look in a pair of jogging pants. I don't like the way I look in any of that stuff. I bought a bodysuit. I, I wore it once, and I don't like the fact of how it makes me feel. It doesn't sink everything in. And, you know, the sad part is, is that when you listen to these people on these commercials, and they show you these things, you'll never believe anything you see. Because it's all um, altered to make you want to buy it. It's like with the Instagram stuff. I buy things off of Instagram all the time, and it's not what I was looking for. It wasn't the thing I was trying to find. It was something else, right? And I bought a couple things from Instagram, and a couple things from Facebook, and a couple things. And they're not the products that I see on that I bought. There's something different. And that is the thing. Like, how are you supposed to believe these ads? Like, just recently, I, last month, I purchased something from, not last month, but the month before, I purchased something from Amazon. It was two mystery boxes. Did I get them? Oh, no, I did not. But then I found out it was a scam, and I fell for one of the Amazon scams. Don't ever fall for that. Um, you know, the workout equipment, I bought workout equipment online. And it's not what they say it is in the picture. And it's something different. Um, like, just be careful with the ads that you see out there be on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I haven't bought anything from TikTok. I've watched a lot of videos on TikToks, uh, viral TikToks that have gone viral. And they seem to be legit. They seem to be what the, these people are buying. But I've had it to the point where I brought a drone. And the drone wasn't even the drone that I was supposed to get. It was some cheap made thing and it was like going okay so i was supposed to get a drone where's the drone this isn't the drone and it wasn't working and it broke the same day i bought it so yeah and i never got my money back for that and i was so disappointed in myself that i wasted 30 bucks on that and it wasn't even the drone that was in the picture so you got to be careful because off-market people people who have off-market things are selling them and they're not, it's like with this bodysuit that they're saying on Instagram, it's the bodysuit of the world. And they're using someone else's ad. Don't ever believe that. Like, I can tell you how many things I have bought from those things. And they're all fake. And it's like, oh, on this bodysuit, it's supposed to squeeze like that thing. You know, it's supposed to be a body shape type of thing. It's not a body shape type of thing, guys. It's, it's not. I wore it to get my nails done. And it did not take... It didn't shrink my waist. It didn't. And it's kind of weird because um, I've even bought bodysuits from Amazon and they were two X's and they did not fit me. They wouldn't go on. And that was the most embarrassing thing. That's the other thing. Just trying my best on not to let things like that get to me is one of the things that I'm going to have to do. But I don't let a lot of things get to me. If it gets really bad, it does get to me. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. But anyhow. Like, I'm sorry for ranting, I'm sorry for just going on about some stupidest things, that, but from experience of buying stuff from Amazon, from Instagram and Facebook, like I did get something legit. I brought my daughter to stuffed animals from, let's say, Facebook, an ad from Facebook, and it was the actual thing, and it came in, and it was two, it was a marina pack and um, something else. The little stuffy and it was legit it was what it was said it was going to be but sometimes it's not and i repeat it's not 
it is something else. Like I bought this these overalls and it was supposed to be something funky and it came in looking like something else and I bought an orange one and a black one and the black one just fucking I'm sorry to say this guys, but the fucking black one stink so bad that I had to wash it and it smelled so bad. It smelled like something from Sheen. Like I bought black jeans from Sheen before and I've had it to the point where Sheen jeans actually stink. But like I said, getting out of that habit of buying things like that is going to be hard for me because like I love the ads. I love the stuff. Even with hair loss, because I have hair loss, um, just trying to get that stuff. Just trying to. So the things that are going to change in my life is trying not to buy things that are ads on Instagram. I can't promise you everything. Um, trying to buy the legit stuff and find it online properly. Um, buy natural. Just buy, you know what? If you can afford it, yeah, get the knockoff from it. Like, I'm not saying not to, but get the knockoff from it because it's cheaper, right? Because the one could be like 168 to 200 bucks. But, like, things are just expensive. It's ridiculous. But just trying not to buy a lot of things off the ads. Um, trying to make sure that it is what it is. Doing, doing my research is one of them. Um, when I want to talk about something, do a research on it. The other thing is don't take people serious. Just shrug it off and go, whatever, you know, that's part of life. You know, that people want to be like this, that's fine, you know. Um, just trying to, sorry guys, my computer keeps going off on me. But just trying to get to the point where um, you're not buying fake things. You're not buying things off of Instagram or Facebook that's not legit. So yeah, that's going to be hard, but I'm going to be able to, I think I'm going to be able to do it. Sticking to my budget is one of the things that I'm going to do in my life. And changing that, like sticking to a budget, saying, okay, I have this much money. I can't spend this. I have this. Okay. Waiting for my bills to come out. That's going to be the biggest life changing that I'm going to have to make. But plus, I'm trying to get off my ass and just make a big life change and how I'm going to do it. And just keep talking to you guys about it, who listens, who watches. And just enjoy myself doing it. And hopefully, God, that. I can, you know, hopefully to God that I, sorry for saying his name in vain, if anybody's listening to this, um, hopefully I can do it, and I can do it to the point where if I believe in myself, I know I can do it, I can do whatever I want, just trying to get to that point is going to be difficult for me, but getting to it will be accomplished in my life, I feel good, I'll keep going on that routine, I will not stop. I'll just keep going and going and going until I get to where I want to be. A place of my own, losing weight, being healthy for my kids. And yeah. And then do me a favor. When you're talking to a woman online, don't automatically call them up and start doing something to yourself because you think that woman needs to see that. No, we just want to talk. But I'm sorry for mentioning that. I should never mention that. I'm not interested in seeing that right now. I'm interested in getting to know somebody. I am a single mother of two, and I don't really care if this causes conversation, but seriously, we're not interested in seeing it or you doing something to it while we're sitting here on the phone with you. Just by experience, please do not do that. Smart enough. But I, I'm just like so baffled <laughs> that I know I can do it. I believe in myself. I can do it. But those are the life changings that I want to make in my life.
and I'm hoping that I can do it and that I can get off my ass and make those life changes and just do it because seriously you know if I want to be a better person if I want to be in a better place in my life in five to six years down the road I have to get off my ass and do it and manifesting it or talking about it or believing in it and people look at you going well you can't do it just say fuck you and go you know me I've stopped myself there just excuse me just you know let's just do it who cares what people think who cares what people say how to say just get up and do it and prove to yourself that you can don't prove it to that person prove it to yourself because let me tell you something that's what I'm doing I've always been told that I can't do anything I'm going to prove to these people, and I'm going to prove to myself, actually. I'm actually not going to prove it to these people, but I'm going to prove it to myself that I can do it, and I can do anything. That's why I do YouTube, and that's why I do my podcast, is to prove to myself that I can get the courage up, sit in front of the mic, and tell you guys on how I feel and what I what is going through my mind and how I'm dealing with it and how I'm dealing with my weight loss how I'm dealing with just gaining weight, not able to lose it. I am doing this to prove to myself that I can do it and come out of my comfort place and tell people, F you, leave me alone, grow up, and stop controlling me and stop telling me that I need to do this or do that. This is my body, not yours. If I want to lose the weight, I'm going to lose the weight. If I want to go out and eat hamburgers and onions, go out and eat hamburgers, like, I have to get to that point, but I, I I know I have to, and I'm gonna get to that point, and I'm gonna take time to do it. But I can tell you one thing right now: just trying to get there is gonna be the hardest thing I have to do, because I'm gonna have stumps and I'm gonna have problems. But anyhow, this is gonna be a 30-minute podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed my rant. But before I end it. Please hit the subscribe button, notification button, and don't forget to, um, you know, don't forget to go check out the video. I'll link it down below, but I did leave my YouTube channel down below that has this on it, and go check it out, and I hope you guys are having an amazing day. I'm sorry if I said anything offensive, and I'm sorry that if you didn't like what I said, but anyhow, I'm just trying to get this to long 30 minutes. But you all have a good day, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button and notification button. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye.